Welcome to the Annie Gamers Podcast. This is episode number 63, recorded on Sunday, August 7th, 2016. And I am your resident uh, scientist, ready to uh, do a panel on science and anime at Otakon. My name's Evan Minto, and with me is... Uh, uh, wh- who are you? Uh, Give a funny I introduction. Am... No, I don't have a funny introduction, because I'm not doing David any panels. David is incapable of comedy tonight. <laughs> But we did fix your microphone, so hopefully this episode sounds a whole oh, lot better. God, don't even tell them what was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> We've all made stupid microphone mistakes. Uh, yeah. yeah, my co-host here is David Estrella, as usual. Hi. Hosting the Anagamers podcast. At sign QX20XX. The, usually these episodes are a little long, but we're going to try to keep this one short because we are prepping for Otakon 2016. We wanted to do a little check-in, just sort of like tell you guys what we're up to and uh, promote the fact that we'll be there and you can come see us. And like I said, I've got a panel. So I'll talk a little bit about that later. But uh, but first, what's been going on, David? You're watching some anime, you anime dork. <laughs> um, surprisingly enough, I am actually watching a currently running series. Yeah, so you're watching, you're watching ReZero, ReZero, aka Erased, Trapped in a Video Game. Erased, trapped in a video game. Erased, but more like Sword Art Online, right? <laughs> it's, it's Erased Art Online. Erased Art Online. That's just called Photoshop, man. <laughs> did I did I ever tell you about my uh, my new website? I must have mentioned this on the podcast. I'm making a website uh, where I'm going to post uh, I'm going to post paintings of swords. It's just going to be all paintings of swords on a website. I'm oh, going to no. call it swordartonline.com. Oh. It's going to be great. Really fantastic site that for all sorts of fans of swords. I didn't on know you online. were going to do that. I should have I should have stopped you right then and there. <laughs> I mean, if you wanted to get rid of my website, then it really would be erased art online. <sighs> so is David, he... why why is ReZero like uh worth your time? Cuz I I watched two episodes of it for the Crunchy Cast. Uh I wasn't super in love with it. I was I sort of get why some people like it, but I wouldn't expect it to be your cup of tea. Well, I mean, I've got a certain taste for garbage, right? I mean, you know that. That's true. I've known you for long enough. Yeah. Right. Um, strictly speaking, I don't think that ReZero is intended to be garbage. I don't think it's full on just like actual trash or anything. Mm-hmm. But the pro- the opening isn't really as promising as, you're, as you were <laughs> led to believe. Uh, it's probably the flimsiest attempt to do the whole trapped in a video game trapped in like a parallel world sort of story yeah, it's not quite a video game right it's like trapped in a fantasy world that is a lot like a video game yeah yeah because you're kind of like led to believe that it might be a video game because the the way the uh protagonist behaves where he's yeah. totally conscious that he's like in this other world and he's probably seen stuff or or read novels where it's like oh i'm the hero i'm trapped in this fantastic world i can do all the stuff that you know like all these heroes end up doing and you only get like tastes of what re-zero is really about in those couple episodes that you watched um i think re-zero is probably hitting biggest with like the core anime audience where it's like the a little bit more open to stuff like uh sword art online or or like yeah, any more like in- interested in escapism kind of fans right yeah yeah yeah. yeah. like you know like a normal average guy just kind of thrown into this world and like all like these cute chicks that like you know, they just that circle around them see 
there it is, right? The key art is literally a circle of girls around this guy. Right, right. But like, still, it's like the flimsy premise, really like stock characters. Like there's mm-hmm. every character is probably someone like a copy of something of a character that you've seen in another popular show. Like you've mm-hmm. got like mm-hmm. the twin maids, which are really reminiscent of a type moon visual novel oh, series. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, the main girl, main heroine or whatever you want to call her is basically Asuna. <laughs> uh, see, I haven't actually watched uh Sword Art Online, so I you know, know that. I mean you know her. She's so she's always standing next to the uh the, I know I know the, the character, yeah. but I don't know what her personality is. You really like. need to know the character design because that's really all the depth that there is to Asuna <laughs> anyway. Um so yeah, so ReZero kind of starts out like a bit of a copy of all these uh other popular uh, escapist shows that have been coming out. But Evan I don't think you really understand. At heart, ReZero is probably one of the most malicious shows I've seen in probably probably since Blood Sea. I think I, I know what you're getting at you. because a lot of people at Crunchyroll are uh, are pretty into it. And so, uh, disclaimer, I work at Crunchyroll. I always forget oh, to mention this until partway through got the it show. In. Just in time. Uh, there it is. But yeah, a lot of people seem to like it. And what I've heard is that it's... Uh, yeah, it's very much about like the sort of this this guy because his power is he dies and he respawns at like a checkpoint, right? right. Like, and it, it's sort of a time travel thing, right? He he it right. skips back and then gets to try it again, right? Uh, and it's about like pretty gruesome violence and death. Yeah. Well, I mean, before we get to that, um, so once we actually got into like the whole time travel mechanic of the show. That's when I thought, oh, it's not really like Sword Art Online. It's more like Erased, but with mm-hmm. like, there are more rules to the time travel, which like the time travel in Erased was entirely just kind of like out of convenience to tell this kind of story that it wanted to tell. It kind of was. They could, yeah, because they kind of threw it out. We talked about this in our uh, our episode about Erased. Right. But they threw are... it out like early in the show just to focus on the sort of mystery aspect. Right. But there, there seems to be more rigid rules in how the time travel can actually operate for this guy. Um, and <laughs> I think the tendency for a lot of these uh, sort of time travel stories is that death isn't entirely an original concept in terms of sending a character back into a previous point before they mess up and try to fix their mistakes. Yeah, I mean, that's basically what Groundhog Day is, right? There's not a lot of comedy involved when the guy dies. Right. Actually, so the thing is, death is treated as, even even though that's the only way to activate the time travel, it is not something that the character really wants to experience. Because the world is kind of as brutal as you would expect some sort of like this like medieval setting to be. <laughs> There's this anime sheen to like everything. But when it's actually time for the guy to die, it's not all that pleasant to watch. And I think what uh, Rizio really hits is on the expressiveness of these characters Hmm. as they're kind of confronting this inevitable death that's about to occur. So... Yeah, you know, like I, there's a lot of stuff people have mentioned that makes it sound like I would want to watch it. But then there's just the sort of the other stuff like going on in it like the the appeals to kind of otaku 
fandom there. Right, but it's that, not that nice make about me less it. interested. It's honestly, like these characters are really torn to bits, like physically and mentally, and it's kind of it was really for me. It was actually kind of difficult to watch in like such like a hmm. like a, there there was like um eighteen or nineteen episodes out when I started watching, and I just tried Gee, to like finish yeah. all of it in one go. So I thought like, oh, you know, this would just be like a easy whatever, just something to entertain me for the time being. Mm-hmm. But no, there's like, because you're really, you really get into the main character's head. And there's a lot of like neat, like directorial flourishes where the, like the scene will just linger on like a, the, where like a character is like where their eyes are going or just like, you know, like it, mm-hmm. it like sticks mm-hmm. too long on a certain thing. So one of the things I noticed when I watched the first two was the the action animation is actually pretty good. I was pretty impressed by some oh, of the combat. Yeah, actually, throughout the show, it's got a really uh, high standard of animation quality. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, some of the action in here, like it's really like uh, kinetic, and there's a lot of like uh, the I noticed some like smears and sort of like interesting distortion going on in the first episode. Right, right. and probably because it's this kind of show where like it's a really like thin surface of like you know like oh everything's like nice and anime and then like the bottom is like really Mm. gruesome and grim uh they don't have a lot of restraint on the uh like the sort of like violence that's inflicted on these characters so i thought that was at least like a neat touch to like just see just how uh you know life or death some of these uh scenes end up being so I don't know, maybe it's strange because it's an anime, but it's also a light novel. And the light novel series, at the length that it's gone on for, I don't think that the anime series is actually going to end in a conclusive manner. Oh, so, boy, that's going to leave a whole bunch of people pissed off. I think so, because there's like there's more content, but I'm expecting a read the novels, guys. Yeah, which and you... the novels have only just been starting to get published. Oh, yeah. They're they're getting translated into English, though. I forgot about that. So I, I wasn't originally going to talk about it. But since you're talking about violence, I need to talk about the new kickstarted anime that features. <laughs> I counted 43 counts of on screen murder in 28 minutes. I'm talking about under the dog which has zero dogs, but a whole lot of murder, which is, I think, going to be the tagline of my review, which I'm going to put out <laughs> soon. <laughs> uh, I'm only going to talk a little bit about it because I'm going to have a review out, but it's it's really cool. Uh, you you should watch it, David. It's, uh, it's really like... Because the whole goal, right? You remember when they announced it, the goal was like to g- mm. go back to the good old days when anime was Akira and Ghost in the Shell, which I'm right. like, I like that stuff, but I don't know how much i agree I don't, with i don't this. think that was ever like the whole industry right right especially for like the japanese who were like had all the anime to watch <laughs> yeah i mean i i like that stuff a lot and i want more things like that but but i kind of want I, I want the 2016 version of that and not just rehashing that you know what i mean a lot uh, of it was actually bad right right which i also appreciate right because like awful 80s 90s ovas are really funny but under the dog is kind of great because it is so transparently trying to be stuff from the 80s and 90s it, that like uh, I, I watched like the opening shot with uh, with like somebody at work and they were like, oh, that's just Oshi. And I was like, oh, it is. It's just a Mamoru Oshi shot. Like, <laughs> and then like there's a monster in it. It looks kind of like a mix between like Tetsuo at the end of Akira and an Ava 
and it's all just like stuff from old anime that they jammed in there but it, it, it feels like new enough it's, it's not like things feel completely ripped off but it just feels like a giant homage and just so much of it is like a sort of slap in the face to modern anime it's all about <laughs> these it's about like high school girl and she's headed off to school but it's like but she's got a gun and she's an assassin and you're like oh snap okay <laughs> and then they like blow up the school because the american military attacks the high school right this get it honestly sound get like one to americans americans are here to blow up your japanese high school anime this honestly just <laughs> sounds like the pitch that they gave us at uh, at otakon yeah without like deviating one one note <laughs> one of the cool things i mean I'll, I'll talk about this in my review but one of the cool things that high school girl who shows up at the beginning is not the main character that we saw in all the key art which is actually really cool like the director is the sort of the stranger director and he's got a lot of restraint like he kind of holds things back to give them more impact when they show up later so you don't get like the mascot character in the first shot right you kind of like there's a build-up where you're like when's she gonna show up when's she gonna show up Actually, oh. techni technically, you get her in the first shot, but she's like in stasis or something, and she doesn't really show up for real until later in the episode. So it's like the character design equivalent of waiting for when the characters say the title of the of the movie. It's like a title drop. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's really cool. I think it's only available to Kickstarter backers right now, but hopefully, uh, hopefully something comes together to turn that thing into a movie because it's it's fun. It's it's not super smart, but it's it's not dumb. You know, it's like. It has enough emotional logic to keep the train rolling, and it's a lot of fun in terms of the action. Really, really nicely animated. So while uh, Evan was out experiencing Under the Dog, I was, well, this is not going to transition well, under <laughs> the fruit of Grisaya. That's so bad. <laughs> All right. So oh, okay. somebody last episode asked us about Fruit of Grisaya, right? Uh, right. Brittany, I think, asked if you'd played the game. So now you actually are, I guess. Now I'm actually, yeah, I'm actually reading it. Um, I was inspired. I got that one push to actually open up the the game on my laptop literally all we need is a tiny bit of reinforcement from like a single <laughs> podcast listener we are very weak-willed honestly we'll go down like uh some dominoes over here if you just send us an email at uh what is it podcast at anygamers.com basically yeah just ask us really anything you honestly. know one time i offered to send a floppy disk with like the entirety of the Anagamers blog on it or some or a bunch of floppy disks. And I said, all that you had to do is send us an email. And we had so few listeners that nobody sent an email, <laughs> even though they could have totally forced me to do this stupid thing. Oh, well, you know, so as an example, you know, because I want to encourage uh, some rousing engagements with our listener base over here. Capital R rousing engagements. Yes. Uh, so I started reading The Fruit of Grisaya, and it is a visual novel. <laughs> it's a visual novel, right? Okay. Oh, um, and it's, was it's was like, that a statement of quality? Like, it's, no. it sure is a visual novel. <laughs> no, well, I, you know what? I think it's like another, it's like another re-zero, where on the surface it's one thing, and beneath that it's something else, but... The surface is there's a lot of crust to break through. It's it's a banging game, right? It is a banging game. Okay. Um, but the actual banging uh, is only available as a very dubious patch that was like seven gigabytes, which is like two gigabytes bigger than the actual game. 
Well, you know what they say about banging In patches. Size <laughs> doesn't matter, David. <laughs> um, well, yeah, anyway, so I am running the 7 gigabyte patch on top of the 5 gigabyte. <laughs> of course you are, because you're, you're not going to get the incomplete experience. Of course right? I am. Like, you know you need where to I get, stand yeah. on, uh, on game censorship here, right? That's right. That's right. Don't That's, censor the don't. sex in my cartoon video very, games. Very plot relevant. It's like how how are you not confused with all this you know banging just missing from your game? <laughs> you're, you know? you're like you, you go through like a scene and the characters are like having a serious conversation about whatever the hell they do in Fruit of Grisaia, and you're like, I you see I think I get it, but like. <laughs> I don't understand if these two are having sex with each other or not. Like, are they in a sexual relationship well, right now? Like, it, without that knowledge, how do I truly understand how this story is progressing? <laughs> oh, well, I mean, anyway, like, I'm a lot of hours into Fruit of Grisaia, and a lot of hours I consider to be, like, 10 hours, but typically novels like this can run up to 50, 60, 70 hours. Oh boy. They're really heavy on the on the words, um, and for now it's just still in the process of introducing characters. Like I've run into my first actual dialogue option. Oh wow! Okay. After like playing, after reading so much of it, um, yeah, that's so, uh, so. You're also playing Metal Gear Solid Four then. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, it's just it's. Well, I mean, that's a that's a novel. You kind of sit down, you go at your own pace, and right, maybe right. ten hours later, there's a dialogue branch that will you know, either take you to the banging or they'll take you to an ending where you die. <laughs> there's um, only really two choices in life: <laughs> <laughs> it's banging or it's death. Um, you yeah, know, so it's bang free or die hard. <laughs> I'm like I'm still I'm still interested. I'm not fully hooked in yet. The uh I really like the character designs because they I mean I've mentioned it before they are handled by one of the character designers on the Monogatari TV series. Mm. Um so there's that connection and then So it's it's David Core. Actually a couple of the characters are basically sort of but not really like monogatari characters like some like the more popular ones yeah so huh. it's i think i've seen art from it yeah like the main girl looks the, is she kind of like the girl from monogatari the yeah the one yeah. like the what the main the main one like the main it, it's weird how in like visual novels right. you can kind of pick out who's the main girl I mean, in like right it's, that, it's like the one that's crowd. in the front of the key art or whatever right like right right like th just like that position in the key art and you can like say like that's the main girl like even if it's like some like weird like thing where like standing on a staircase or whatever like yeah. even if like some like the joke characters are like up in center it's just like you just know who's the main character and this girl that looks like the main character in monogatari i'm pretty sure is the main heroine in fruit of Grisaia. So if you have sex with anybody else, you die. Probably. I'm not. I've never played an erotic visual novel. So my entire experience of this is just like through you telling me this. So <laughs> I imagine that everything just like sits on the point of a needle where it's just like, man, you either are going to have a bunch of sex or you're going to die. And that's this entire game. Well, that, that's great because there's a there is a very infamous uh, dialogue option where you either bang the person or you don't and depending on your choice the character dies 
<laughs> even though there's like you're banging the person either way regardless of how you choose but the person just dies at the end of the story if you just choose the one option oh wow okay okay <laughs> right so it's like you think like both choices lead down the same road but nope character dies and that's visual novels for you Evan. there it is visual novels are really as we've said previously on this podcast entirely about the violence and the banging yeah so i mean like we just kind of like wrap up because i feel like we yeah, talked we about talked a, a lot, lot of about... that were not fruit of Josiah. yeah i still have a lot left to go through it but i saw the opening animation at least and wow that gave me more questions than anything else because it's playing it like so silly it's like it's like really like throwaway like side stories for now and i'm mm. pretty sure it's gonna lead into something but i'm not there yet so yeah. please wait Please wait patiently. <laughs> <laughs> please, please, Tanoshimini. Yeah. Please look forward to it. <laughs> look for, yeah. <laughs> uh, so as for me, I have been researching for my um, panel at Otakon, which I'll get into in just a second. But in as part of that research, I because I'm doing a science and anime panel with Vinny from uh, All Geeks Considered, and. Uh, I remembered there was a scene in the first Pat Labor movie, which you and I watched in college, and we were like, who are all these characters? We've never seen Pat Labor before. Uh, and so I wanted to use the clip. So I already had the Blu-ray of the Pat Labor OVAs. So I was like, I guess I'll just watch the OVAs and then rewatch the movie. And now I really like Pat Labor because <laughs> it's actually pretty good. Going from really... <sighs> Going from sleeping in the middle uh of the movie to really liking Pat Labor. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's a a lot of fun. You actually would like it a lot. It's it's got a bit of bubblegum crisis to it in terms of sort of like procedural, you know, robots fighting bad guys thing, right? Where it's got this like team of people who are a little bit of like a surrogate family to each other. But where bubblegum crisis is sort of like weird and aimless and nonsensical, which is part of why it's so much fun like pat labor is a lot more like it knows what it's doing and it it's basically like a it's a sitcom it's like a workplace sitcom the over there's actual comedy in it oh yeah pat labor is totally a comedy oh wow <laughs> so it's like a, the the movie we watched had less of that because like i guess the thing is people who have seen more of it can can speak to this but i think it's like it shifts in tone depending on what you're watching but the ovas are largely a sitcom then i think the movies are super serious mamaru Oshi joints yeah Yeah. from what i saw right yeah the first movie is pretty pretty serious but it's got like some elements of the ova's comedy to it and i think the second movie is like ridiculously serious but i'm not entirely (laughs) sure i haven't seen it that's my impression i get the impression that it's like a proto ghost in the shell where it's just like super dark mamaroshi stuff political commentary even ghost in the shell just kind of had like because the characters are so big that they can yeah there's like they, some they little joke around, even if it doesn't really feel like a joke. Yeah, Togusa and Bato and stuff have some jokes here and there in in that movie. But uh, yeah, the the OVAs are like it, there's barely any robot fighting. It's kind of just the characters goofing off and being idiots because they're sort of the uh, you don't really get this sense in the movie that we watched, but especially in the OVAs, they are like they're the crappy squad of robot police so like the robot police are underfunded and nobody like nobody likes them and 
So that's like the special vehicles unit, the SV unit. And there's two of them. Like SV1 are the real ones who know what they're doing. And SV2 are the idiots that like cause lots of trouble whenever they get called in. <laughs> so that's basically what Pat Labor is all about. Is it's like, ugh, the, the crappy squadron of the crappy squadron of police officers. <laughs> that's why in the movie, like they try to introduce it. But like, if you don't know the characters, it can like breeze right by you. But there's a scene where they're trying to like, they're trying to help somebody and uh, they're like, hey, we're here to help. We're from SV2. And the guy's like, oh, crap, it's SV2. Never mind. Please get away from me. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, I'm looking forward to watching the second one once I'm back from Otakon because I've heard the second one is like Mamoru Oshii's masterpiece and oh. all sorts of stuff like that. Yeah, that's high praise when that guy's got yes. Ghost in his shell on his resume. <laughs> so... Yeah, we're both going to be at Otakon. Speaking of the panel mm. that I'm doing there, uh, we will be there as press covering it for any gamers. We're hopefully going to get a bunch of interviews. We requested them with folks like Masao Maruyama and uh, the background artist for Studio Biho, who works with uh, with PA Works and a bunch of other cool people. Uh, people working on Under the Dog, LaShawn Thomas. We'll see who of these that we get. And actually, uh, we were going to mention in the, the lead up to Otakon, if you guys have any questions, send them to the podcast email address, podcast at anagamers.com. If you want uh, questions for the guests for us to ask them, we're always happy to like slip a question in there in between our own. It helps us come up with more questions, too. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm doing a panel. I'm doing science in anime. That'll be all about appearances of like actual science in anime or things that look like they're actual science. And then we debunk them and check whether they're like, they would actually work so that one's pretty cool we've done that a couple years ago and uh, Vinny's a real scientist and i'm a computer scientist which is to say a fake scientist so <laughs> what are you looking forward to at otakon david um i don't know yet <laughs> okay i haven't looked at the schedule uh kind of been doing a lot of other things and otakon creeped up on me yeah the thing is that it's such a consistently good convention with a lot of really good people there that it's like i sometimes don't even check the schedule i just show up and i'm like honestly it'll yeah, be I feel good like <laughs> i feel at ease to just be there yeah because i mean it, it it has the best panels at any anime convention i've been to and now i've lived on the other side of the country and been to the conventions here and otakon still has the best panels because <laughs> it just attracts so many like really smart panelists myself not included <laughs> who, <laughs> and it's like it turns down panels from really smart, awesome panelists. You know, people like Daryl Surratt and Mike Tool, and you know the Gerald and Clarissa from Anime World Order. I mean, we're not we're not just trying to pimp our friends here. We genuinely think yeah. that you know this is this is the place that people go to when they know they've got a good panel. This is this is the place to be. And let's be real, like I'm friends with these people because I admired their work so much <laughs> that I hung out with them, and now I'm friends with them. So like, there's there's a reason there. Yeah, they do like I I don't I haven't checked if Daryl's doing Craziest Deaths, Anime's Craziest Deaths. That's like one of the best Otakon experiences you can possibly get. Uh he didn't do it last year, so he's probably back this year with it. But not 100% sure. Mike Tools does great stuff. And then just even like a bunch of other people who we know and other people we don't know just do like lots of great panels that are not the not big name stuff like like Craziest Deaths gets giant lines or like Dubs the Time for God is super popular, right? But like I've seen awesome stuff on like Mahjong in anime or or like 
the other ones I missed that I wanted to go to, like I think Viga did one on like idols and anime, things like that. Which I don't like idols, but I'm always happy to learn about stuff from people. You, you like you get the schedule i'll get the schedule at any other convention and i'll just try to pick out the ones that are at least a little bit surprising yeah and only in otakon do i feel at least a little bit safe with the odds that i might be going into a good panel that is just like you know maybe i've not heard of the people that are presenting this before right but there's a good chance that they're actually good, good if it got into otakon exactly which is really cool because yeah most other conventions honestly not not a lot of good stuff i've been to conventions out here guys where i'll like look through the schedule and i'll be like there's literally nothing there's (laughs) nothing that looks interesting i'll take a chance on one or two of these things but then i show up and i'm like eh, they're not actually good so and when i say not good to be clear what i mean is people who haven't researched their content they don't know how to present very well uh they just do like a really half-assed you know, half hour of talking and then a half hour of Q&A, that just sort of thing. Just don't, like, try to make everything into a clip show. Yeah. Or, I mean, I do clip shows, but there's a lot of commentary. I do a ton of transitioning between clips and explaining them as I go. So it's really more of a slideshow where all the slides are videos. <laughs> like, if I, gotta, if I gotta be specific, don't, like, say, guys, here's a cool video. We watch the video here's another cool video and then we watch another video don't don't do that yeah yeah tell me why it's cool all right all right we got some questions we should answer them zane holland says via email you guys should send emails to podcast at anygamers.com that's not part of his email he says new to any gamers but i've been listening to crunchycast for a while thanks dude that's my podcast that i do on crunchyroll just had one question when you say character designs are pretty or ugly what exactly do you mean is it something that is objective or subjective and uh his follow-up email which i will paraphrase because it's uh it's it's not too different from the first one he just says uh, i've watched a lot of anime for a long time and i feel like i should be smarter about what i watch but i'm not i feel like i need (laughs) i need an anime intervention so uh it's not too complicated it's not a like I guess if we didn't explain it, it can sound like we know some sort of secret to anime character designs. We just kind of screwed up because generally it's a good idea to explain this stuff in greater detail than say it's good. It's bad. Sucks. Right. Great. It's the best thing I've ever seen. So, I mean, to it's an interesting question, though, right? Like, what do you look for in good character design? How do you how do you like grade that? Not to say that we are necessarily grading it on some sort of like hard rubric. So for me, it's like. Part of it is is actually just the animation character designs of like, are, is it consistent? Do they stay on model? That's more an, an animation thing, but it's like it gives you the sort of impression of the character designs holding together and being solid. But that is a hard thing to pin down. It's generally that there's like a there's there's interesting things about every character that stick out. They, their personality clearly comes through. Uh, generally just that they're well proportioned and sort of attractive to look at. You know what I mean? Like it's, there's a... is really challenging when you've got at least a little bit of a background in art mm-hmm. and just like looking, just honestly, just looking and studying hands, heads, yeah. yep. you know, like actual skeletal structures, a lot of things that look off are so much easier to pick out. And that's why it's, sometimes it's a little bit hard <laughs> to kind of watch any just like regular TV series because uh, people will cut corners. You know, it gets good enough and then it gets broadcast and, you know, maybe they'll fix it for the Blu-ray or not. 
Yeah, so I mean, I'm trying to think of good examples of what I would say are good and bad designs. There's a lot that I could think of that are good designs uh, because I've I pay well, a lot of attention to character I could, designs. I mean, I could outright say that I like most of the A1 picture stuff, even though it all kind of looks the same. It all looks the same because it's easy to animate and yep, therefore yep. it actually looks pretty good when it's all moving. Yeah, I'd say in terms of bad design, stuff I could think of right now would be, uh, frankly, uh, ReLife, not ReZero. ReLife has really boring looking designs. Everybody just looks really like kind of generic. There's nothing distinctive about them. They don't have a lot of, uh, there's not a lot of sort of depth to them. They, they, they're very flat. It's just sort of like uh, skin tone, some basic eyes and some blue hair or something, right? Like there's not, there's there aren't like, parts of them that have a greater degree of depth and detail to them that stick out to you, right? Compare mm -hmm. that to the Rose of Versailles, right? Where like the hair and the eyes really dominate and they have a lot of emphasis to them. They like express a whole lot of emotion in them. And a lot of it is kind of also contingent on the translation between the original character designer and then the one who's actually doing the designs for animation yeah. purposes. So it's, it's a different, you know, you got the one for the you know, actual key art, all the promotional materials, but then when it comes time to watch the show, it's somebody else normally yep, yep. working on it. Yeah. And even like, uh, in terms of maybe a, a more accurate comparison, since I was just watching it to something like real life is, uh, Pat labor, which has much more realistic looking designs than say, or especially realistic Japanese people designs compared to like Rosa Versailles, all Europeans mm. and very flowery, <laughs> you know, uh, like pre French revolution looking stuff. So like Pat labor has a bunch of pretty normal looking people, but there's like a guy who's got this like round flat face who kind of, you know, looks, let's say looks like a, like a frog or a, a bulldog or something right and he's got this like very distinctive personality to him there's a guy who's and, and that's that's his personality is he's really like kind of uh violent and in your face and kind of, <laughs> you know right like and then there's the the girl who's like the, a tomboy right and she's got short red hair and she's got these big bright eyes and then their their commander is a uh he's like super laid back all the time but he's kind of sly and he he kind of uh, manipulates them into doing things so he is this kind of you know clean cut older dude but he's got these half-lidded eyes all the time there's things like that that like they're very effective at communicating the characters uh personalities and differentiating they differentiating them from each other but it's actually pretty subtle in pat labor it's not like they all look like real people they don't look like these really flowery exaggerated designs so yeah that's there's a lot of, like a lot of this is very subjective, right? There's no hard and fast rule. It's just sort of like, what what do you get out of these things when you look at them? <laughs> yeah. So like, you know, I mean, a lot of people like the stuff that Yuasa does, which is kind of experimental, mm -hmm. not really like beautiful or anything. But when it animates, it very animates very uniquely i mean i'm not into yeah. it like at all like i'm really like right, right. turned off by anything that he does but i will acknowledge that you know there is some sort of craft behind it yeah i think i'm gonna move on we got a question from at sign dexterra love on twitter are you guys surprised by the good reception sweetness and lightning has gotten you keeping up with that at all do you pay any attention to sweetness and lightning i've been hearing some chatter um yeah i've been seeing a lot of people like it on my twitter feed at least i didn't think it was going to be the kind of show that it seems to be <laughs> Where it's like actually kind of uh, makes people feel good and uh -huh. heal like the wounds in their hearts. I sort of expected that. But like to me, I and, and I 
full disclosure, I actually did the announcement for it for the the Crunchyroll um, Crunchyroll summer rollout. So I like technically I did a promotion video for it, but like I haven't really watched a ton of it yet. And uh, I definitely expected a sort of angle of like this this little bit of a creep factor, right? Because it's, <laughs> it's this like seinen manga about this like high school teacher who's making food with his like super cute daughter and super cute girl that he teaches in his high school class right and it's like all right guys i kind of see where this is going here and i read some of the manga and it like it's got an element of that kind of implicit but it never and what i read it never like kind of does anything bad with it which i think a lot of shows are kind of in that realm where they're like if you want it you can make something up here but we're not gonna directly give it to you (laughs) I mean, and you can like you can never really tell like when you're gonna get hit with like the oh god, what what is this thing doing now? Like yeah, I mean like uh, <laughs> like Bunny the, Drop uh, is an example yes. of one where people thought yes. it was going to be totally innocent, and then like at the end, right? Like Very he marries end. her or something. Like he marries his surrogate daughter. <laughs> <Ugh>. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, people so, are like, still mad about that. I haven't actually read that, but that's just that that's what i'm afraid of every time i see something like this but i guess you know on the more the more positive side which it sounds like it's kind of going in this direction is something like uh like yotsubato where it actually stays innocent the whole time uh, i might check it out it's uh well what i read of the manga was was actually pretty cute and heartwarming uh it's just that i'm cynical and so mm. i expect that everything will go sour eventually <laughs> <laughs> oh snap he's here he's here at fun for chew which is Quan Chu, Crunchycast listener who made a t-shirt with my face on it. Oh. You're a cool guy, Quan Chu. <laughs> Asks, any anime documentaries you guys would recommend? Anime documentaries. So, I assume you're not talking about anime that are documentaries. Because that's not really a thing that happens. Because it would be a ridiculously expensive documentary mm. to make. <laughs> So if we're talking, though, I guess like, let's say we're talking to a video mockumentary. There's like half of it's a mockumentary with like these fake interviews. Right. So kind of that, I guess I didn't like it so much in college when I watched it, but uh, watching it again, uh, I think it's actually pretty funny now that I get the references. So maybe <laughs> I'd recommend like boning up on some old anime before you watch our talking no video. So you kind of get what they're talking about because it doesn't really work if you're a new fan. But Otaku no Video is the old uh, the Gainax OVA that is kind of uh, it's like a semi autobiographical thing about Gainax. It's like not actually about them, but but it's like a cartoonish exaggeration of Gainax and features interviews with real otaku. But they're all totally I think they're just friends of Gainax who are <laughs> acting and giving all these ridiculous <laughs> answers where they're like, I haven't left the house in three months and I've got a giant collection of anime porn. <laughs> have you seen Otaku no video? Dude? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I figured you have. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's actually really fun. Yeah. Everybody should watch that eventually. It's a shame. I didn't back that Kickstarter. Cause now that I rewatched it, I was Ooh. like, Oh, it's actually good. And I didn't know that when I first watched well, it. Well, I mean, most of the times Kickstarter is bad, not a good thing. So it's like, uh, just a missed yeah. opportunity. Any other documentaries you could think of? There's definitely I the mainly, Ghibli one. Kingdom of I, Dreams and Madness is great. Mainly, I can like only think of 
it's just like clips of actual like in the studio recording, mm-hmm. like seeing people do work, which is, I mean, it's kind of scattered. Um, uh, like some of the stuff I can remember is like uh, Kyoto Animation mm. doing uh, Kyoto Animation actually like recorded what was going on in the studio. I think around what was it Haruhi? Oh, really? I know for sure. Like the DVDs had a uh, had extras on kind of like like weird stuff that like they did outside the studio where they were like recording a lot of like the promotional material, which uh, featured uh, Ayer Hirano. And because she was like actually like in person, like promoting the uh, promoting the series. Yeah. Like in like these kind of like weird, like she's she's Haruki, but she's also Ayakirano. So she's promoting herself and she's promoting the character. Yeah. uh, You'll see see a lot of like familiar faces. That's called called 2.5D. Yeah. 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 Like (laughs) like that. There's like that. Like that gray area. Just vivid enough. It's not too vivid. No, no. It's like, you know, she's on her animated on her twos, you know. So, uh, just to, yeah, if I'm going to throw in behind the scenes footage, like, like stuff on DVDs, I'd say the panty and stocking with garter belt one has the making of the scenes where the, they kill the ghosts and then it, it does the, the model kits that they're like the sort of, uh, they're made out of like paper mache and stuff. Right. But they have like the sort of physical versions of the, the monsters and they explode them. And it actually has like a ton of footage of the studio going out to the woods and making these things and then like putting them on a backdrop and exploding them <laughs> on camera. See, that that is definitely a cool behind the scenes look. Not. Oh, God, I just I remember. Do you do you know about the uh, Evangelion extra features where they interviewed the ADV producers about no. what Evangelion meant? Oh boy, the meaning behind the symbols in Evangelion. That sounds great. It uh it's not great at all and somebody made a brilliant uh cut of that extra <laughs> where they took out all of the actual speaking and it only has like them like like the all like the breaths they take or like just like the ah uh, um uh, We should link that in the uh in the, the show notes. I want to find it. That sounds it. great. I don't know where I saw it. I might have seen it at a panel somewhere. So I don't know if it's on YouTube, but it's that's awesome. It's at least it's funny if you've seen it because I saw I like I actually like in like my worst days and my darker days, I actually sat down to watch that thing and maybe extract some meaning of the uh, meaning of Evangelion or whatever. Oh, when you were the, that was when you were an Ava person. I mean, you're you're never not an Ava person. Come on. <laughs> but like, you know, you know, there's like stages where like you're at least yeah. a little bit, you know distanced yourself a little bit from that that series especially right. with 3.33 or whatever the hell it's yeah called. i think that i think the point at which you distance yourself from that series is when you're not 15 years old anymore uh, yeah <laughs> hopefully all I'm right not, we got another question yeah. got one more from wakashi aot on twitter what year of Otakon have you looked forward to the most? I picked 2013. That's hard for me to remember, like, which year was which. I can remember by the guests who had shown okay. up. I know which one you're going to say. It's, it's Yoko Kano, right? Uh, actually, I think, and like, even Watanabe. though the Yoko Kano uh, Watanabe Otakon is probably... Um, in terms of the trophies that I collected, it's the most successful con where I actually got both of their autographs and like got to like see them. 
the one I was actually looking the most forward to was the Gen Urobuchi oh, Urukan, yeah, yeah. when it was like Madoka was like still like the hottest thing on the planet. And I guess I wasn't I wasn't writing for the blog yet or anything like that. So was that the year that you just came as David? It was like one year where it was the just one, you. The one year I just came as myself and was it was it that year i think it might have been that year but i just I, I remember being like disappointed that i never actually got i never got the chance to like see either the panels that he did oh. or like any appearances i definitely didn't get an autograph or anything like that but you know like thinking about it like madoka's over and i don't really mm-hmm. distinctly remember anything that orobuchi's done after that um so I'm over it, <laughs> but I do yeah, remember I'm... being really like cut up about, uh, you know, like, cause you, you get like that one guest that you want to see and then yeah. they're like, they never returned to that convention after that year. So there was a bit of that, but you know, you, you grow, you know, you take your losses. Yeah. I'm looking through right now to see if there's uh like, just trying to remember. Because you've been to way more Otakons than I have. Yeah. I think I've been since like 2010 or so. Oh, not even that much. Yeah, I haven't been going for that long, but uh, maybe it was 2009. I don't remember for sure. I think it definitely was 2013 for me, though. That that was like the big one because it was, yeah, being able to see Yoko Kano in concert uh, and, and Ooh, interview Shinichiro Watanabe. I missed that concert. I was heading my really? way back home. Oh, right, I was... right. I forgot. It was good. Sorry, but it was good. I Well, I got I'm like one of the, the only people I know among our circle that actually got the Kano uh, yeah, autograph. you actually got the you got yeah. to meet her. Yeah. But uh yeah, there's a podcast we did about that, I think. I think I released a podcast recorded in Vince Alvarello's car on the <laughs> way back from Otakon where we talked about the Yoko Kano concert. Yeah. Anyway, that looks like the last question we got. So we actually got some questions this time. Maybe I should uh, actually ask these questions early more often cuz that's how we actually get ants we get people to ask them. <laughs> And uh, finally, I'm actually going to open up iTunes because I did notice somebody left us a review. And it's clearly not not a normal review. This is somebody who wanted it read on the show. So I'm going to give you that now. Because <laughs> we said we, we would read interesting reviews on the show. Enazel on iTunes <laughs> writes, Everything you've ever wanted and then some. Five stars. That's the coolest dude around. I think it's a dude. I'm not sure. If you're a lady, I apologize. Uh, <laughs> DJ's Vamp Jojos and D- oh, DJ Vamp Jojos and DJ QX20XXX Hunter. Uh, I guess I technically shouldn't have pronounced the X, but you, you wouldn't know it's there otherwise. Bringing the heat every other week. Great show. I love it. So much banging and violence. It's back. Plus, you get to hear about old video games for nostalgia. And they talk about all the anime you don't watch, but it's fun to listen anyway. <laughs> See, this time we talked about anime people do watch. <laughs> like a remarkable number. If you like nerdy laughs, then you will get an earful. <laughs> Two words. Definitely tune in for the fun times and Evan griping about idol girls. Note that Evan griping about idol girls is separate from fun times. <laughs> it's, a, it's a totally different thing. <laughs> it's not fun. Come watch the show, you plebes. Or QX20XX will come to your house and make you read Kizumonogatari. I think I spelled this wrong and I don't feel like Google checking. Final thoughts? Best show ever. Wow. 
We appreciate that, Enazel. Uh, yeah, they really covered like a lot of the uh, <laughs> current Annie Gamers lore. That's like basically every show, <laughs> every topic we've ever talked about. <laughs> That's uh, yeah, it's cool. He spelled the uh, QX twenty XX lowercase. I don't know what you think about that. It's honestly fine either way. <laughs> uh, so. If you guys want to send us an email and ask us a question or just tell us to to watch something or play something or whatever, read manga. We don't talk enough about manga on here, but we are an anime manga and video game podcast. Yeah, we do read manga. Uh, Yeah, send us an email at podcast at anygamers.com. You can also find us on Twitter. Anygamers is at sign A-N-I gamers. It's spelled exactly how it sounds. Uh, I am at sign Vamptvo, V-A-M-P-T-V-O. Check out my tweets while I'm at Oticon. I'll be talking about whatever cool panels I go to and stuff. David. At sign QX20XX. Yep, and that's 20XX. Yep. And you can find all the information about this podcast on anigamers.com slash podcast. That's where you'll find show notes. We'll post any like videos or pictures we talk about, whatever. Uh, you can also find us on iTunes and Google Music. Please leave us a review on iTunes. We will read the funny ones, but only the funny ones on the show. And uh, if you leave a one-star review, we're, we'll find you. What we're going to so report all, you. All five stars only. Yeah, we'll, we'll report you for uh, factually incorrect reviews. <laughs> like, actually, we're, we're a five-star podcast. This person is wrong. <laughs> They'll definitely listen to us. And uh, I write for Otaku USA magazine. Please check that out. There's two issues out now, I believe. I think they're out now. There's a normal Otaku USA issue as well as an Anime USA special for the Otaku USA one. I wrote about the Blood Blockade Battlefront. Uh, and then for the Anime USA one, I wrote about Inferno Cop and Ninja Slayer, right? I was trying to remember because I wrote, uh, we did a uh, short anime uh, feature where a bunch of us wrote about different short anime. So I got to write about those two. Sort of broke my no Crunchyroll reviews rule there because Inferno Cop is that important to me. <laughs> uh, and I think I wrote about something else in that issue. But uh, but yeah, check that out. Good stuff. I'm writing some more manga reviews now. And please check out the Crunchycast. That is Crunchyroll's official podcast. I host that with uh, with Victoria Holden over on Crunchyroll. That's crunchyroll.com slash Crunchycast. And the Crunchycast, as well as a bunch of other videos that I've recorded at Crunchyroll, are available on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. So check that out. We have a lot of cool videos on there. And uh, come see us at Otakon. As we've mentioned a million times in this episode, if you see us walking around, uh, say hi to us. We... Uh, We'll uh, just we'll only punch you if you say hi to us too abruptly from behind. <laughs> Don't stand behind us if you value your life. I might kick. Google 13 out. See ya. Bye, guys. Bye.